Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening. Glad you're staying up late with us. Hey, what's on your mind? We've covered topics tonight of all kinds of issues. We've talked about election law issues. We've talked about city earnings tax. We've talked about global warming and the environmental extremism that says uh, that because you want to drive an SUV, polar bears are dying, which is absurd because the polar bear population is actually up like 200% in the last decade. So (laughs) it's crazy. So what's on your mind? Phone lines are open. Text line is open. 314-436-7900. You heard at the top of the hour with uh, Sean Michael Lyle talking about uh, that uh, that Missouri Governor Parson uh, wants to try to boost the vaccinations for Missouri. And one of the things that Governor Parson is at least hinting at that he wants to do is is to join, I think, a growing number of states that are offering incentives to get people vaccinated. So, uh, in other words, you could get uh, some sort of a gift card or you could get some sort of a promotion. I mean, Washington State, of course, is now famous for doing joints for jabs. You know, you, uh, you, you get your shot, you get a free joint, okay? They're doing that in Washington State. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon in Missouri. But uh, But my point is, is that... He's going to do this incentive program, and I think what he said was in the in his press conference earlier today, when asked about it, he said, "I'm not a huge fan of incentives," and I'm quoting, "But I also want to move the needle in this state. If it helps, I want to try it. We're working on that right now." Uh, Oregon, Oregon has offered the chance to win a million dollars. Uh, uh, or one of 36 other prizes, up to 10000 bucks, And uh, uh, Illinois is giving away $7 million to vaccinated residents. Is this really a good idea? I mean, should we be paying people to do what they should otherwise be doing anyway? In other words, if you do what's right now, we have to pay you. If you do what's expected, we have to pay you. Is that what we need? Does Missouri need that? 314-436-7900. And uh, phone lines are open. Text line is open. And what's interesting is, is as I looked into this issue today, there was a study that came out. It was in the Journal of, of, uh, of American Medical Association that found that these incentive programs literally do nothing. In fact, the, the Journal of American Medical Association, JAMA, which is, which is really the, the number one journal of the American Medical Association, they studied states that had these incentive programs and states that didn't, and it really didn't make a difference. In other words, it did not incentivize people to get vaccinated any more than they already are. And it kind of makes sense if you think about it. If your belief is is that you you you're going to you're going to turn into a three-headed alligator if you get a vaccine, is 50 buck gift card really going to change your opinion? Oh wait, I think that vaccine's going to kill me, but you know, if you're going to give me a free joint, then why not stick it in there? I mean, no, it doesn't make any sense if you're against it. If you think the government is going to poison you with a vaccine, 
Is a chance to win a lottery going to win if you've got a one in 18 million chance to win the lottery? No, it's not going to make a difference at all. So I question whether these incentive programs should even be instituted. Hey, uh, phone lines are open. I think Kim is holding. Hey, Kim, welcome to Camo X. Hey, Brad. Well, first of all, I would be happy to take a third injection if I had to. Yeah, I would too. I wouldn't bother me. I've had two and I would get a third. Yeah, I would. I would too. But you know what? I think it's a crying shame that people have to be bribed to get that extra booster. I would exactly. do it beca- because it's it's the thing to do. I I would not expect a gift card or anything. I I just I just think that people are really being stupid. I mean, <laughs> you, if give them a beer, yeah, I'll take it. But no, <laughs> I I don't. Want- yeah, Anheuser Busch is giving away free beer. Okay, and I and I certainly would uh, not uh, uh, criticize or be critical of anyone that wants to give the freebies that are being given away. But don't you have just a not necessarily an ethical objection, but a philosophical objection to this idea that we have to pay people to do the right thing? And it's wrong. I'm sorry to say it is just it, it's wrong. I mean. I, I don't think people, I mean, if, if they went to me, I'd look at it like this. They had two shots or even one. If they want to be that stupid and yeah, and get the coronavirus, I'm sorry, but that's just on them. And they shouldn't have to be bribed to take the shot. I agree with you completely, Kim. Hey, thanks for calling in this evening on Camo X. No problem. Appreciate it. Yeah, I even got a text from my good friend Denny McLaren that says, we shouldn't have to bribe people to get vaccinated. And, Denny, you are exactly right. We shouldn't have to bribe them to do what is otherwise should be your civic duty and your civic responsibility. You know, in years past, particularly in the South, there was this idea that people could be bribed to vote. And there were a lot of situations where people would be given uh, you know, a bottle of liquor if they would go and vote. And that was deemed to be... Uh, although, you know, certainly some folks would say, yeah, to that. You shouldn't have to be given liquor to do what is your civic responsibility, which is to vote. And yet, isn't Anheuser-Busch kind of doing that now with uh, giving away beer to do your civic responsibility? I think there are a lot of parallels. What do you think? 314-436-7900 here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. COVID, COVID, COVID. We can't seem to get away from it yet. Uh, hopefully we're moving towards the uh, the right direction. You know, I've, I've heard somebody say we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to COVID. But whenever someone says that, I'm always wondering, is it the light at the end of the tunnel or is it just an oncoming train? You know, you never know with that, with that metaphor if it's good or if it's bad. But I'll tell you something that is good, and that's hearing from Joy from Florissant. Hey, Joy, welcome to Camo X. Oh, hi. Thank you very much. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I just want to say that I really think that people who don't want the shot, mm-hmm. they should not be... Uh, yeah, listen, you know, listen, listen to me on the phone, not on your radio. Well, I can't because my radio is far away. Okay. And right now, 
It's kind of so, hard. Anyway, so, so people who don't get a shot, what are your thoughts on that? That's up to them. Mm-hmm. That's not your choice. That's personally, I've, I've had my shots. Okay. Good. I, I think they should get their shots, but if they if they're they're right. You're 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 exactly right. It's their right, but then they can't complain about it later. Then can they? Oh heavens no! Heavens if they go no! To the hospital and you know, and everything. No, they they can't. Well, I'm that's just like saying that people who just keep saying, "Oh, you're horrible because you haven't had your shots." It's like it's not up to them. You're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. But you you've done the right thing, Joy. You've taken good care of yourself, and uh, I appreciate that because we want you sticking around so you can listen to Camel X. I do, too, because I'm 72 right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, you, you, you sound healthier than I do, Joy, so I, I, we're glad you're going to be with us for a long time. Hey, thanks for calling I in this sure evening. I hope so, darling. <laughs> Me, too. Hey, thanks for okay. calling in. God love you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you, too. Good night. Yeah, to me, I always think that 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 uh, if someone doesn't want to get a shot, that should be their right. They don't they don't have to do that. We're seeing a lot of employers now, particularly in the St. Louis area, hospitals uh, who are now requiring employees to get shots, and that's actually legal for a private employer to require that you get a shot. And if you don't get that shot, the employer under a long-standing legal precedent has the right to fire you. And we can debate whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, there is no question that that is a legal thing. I was on uh, I was on a while back with uh, with Mark Reardon over on our sister station, uh, 97.1, and we were talking about this idea but whether the uh, hospital workers in Houston should be allowed to or forced uh, to get shots to keep their jobs. And I, I as I told Mark then, uh, it's legal. You know, we can disagree or agree on whether it's right or not, but it certainly is legal. And they filed a lawsuit against this hospital in Houston, and that lawsuit was dismissed. And, um, and, and so we've seen in St. Louis now that Mercy Hospital and uh, I think BJC is going to require, Mercy absolutely is going to require all individuals who work there to, to be vaccinated. But here's what's scary. That's from a private employer perspective. But the government, the government shouldn't be allowed to force you to do that. Now, if you go back, and uh, uh, I, I I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this, it's 1904 or 1905, one of those two years, and I certainly wasn't around then. Maybe I, maybe I should ask Johnny Rabbit this question. But uh, in either 1904 or 05, the Supreme Court decided a case called Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And in that case, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, it would it was legal for Massachusetts to force people to get smallpox vaccinations. But there's been a lot of jurisprudence decided since uh, 05, 1905 through today. And I would see no way, zero chance that that kind of case would be upheld in today's legal environment. I just don't see it. But what's interesting is, is that just today, Biden's Secretary of Health and Human Services, Becerra, he was asked about whether uh, the government should be allowed to know and track whether you get your vaccine or not. 
And his response to that was, absolutely, it's the government's business to know whether you have or have not been vaccinated. And that's where I draw the line. Because you want to talk about an invasion of privacy. If the government's going to be tracking whether I have a vaccine or not, that's not up to the government to do that. Here's what, here's what Secretary, again, Health and Human Services Secretary Becerra, here's what he said, and I'm quoting, it is absolutely the government's business. It's the taxpayer's business. If we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and to help reopen the economy. So his position was, is that the government should be allowed to track you whether you've got your shot or not. And that's where I completely disagree. Listen, I I drove to Sykeston, Missouri in February to get my first vaccine. Uh, it didn't bother me at all, and but that's your right to get that or not. But if the government comes knocking on my door and saying, hey, we're just checking to make sure we are, according to our records, there's only uh, two people in this household that who haven't gotten their shots, that's what I'm going to get upset because that is not the government's right to track you because that's one step away from forcing you to become vaccinated. And I absolutely, absolutely don't want to see that happen. But that's what's going to happen. We've seen uh, that uh, uh, President Biden said this week that they're going to step up efforts to literally knock on doors to urge people to be vaccinated. Well, how are they going to know what doors to knock on? I mean, you know, the president's not going to go knocking on doors. Okay, that's not going to happen. Because uh, because first of all, he, he given his uh, experience going up the steps on Air Force One, he'd probably trip and hurt himself. So we don't want him doing that. We don't want him tripping, you know, like he did on Air Force One. We don't want that. Uh, so uh, we don't want him doing that. But he has said that they will be knocking on doors. And we've seen announcements just this week about working through churches and working through other organizations. I don't have any problem with that. But at the point you knock on my door and ask if my kids have been vaccinated, that's the point in time when the lawsuits will hopefully start flying because they shouldn't do that. Now, speaking of lawsuits, or at least laws, by the way, uh, the Governor Parson signed a bill. He signed it yesterday, protecting businesses, healthcare workers, and even religious groups from COVID lawsuits. And I applaud him for doing that. I work very closely with two organizations here in Missouri. I work very closely with Associated Industries of Missouri, and I also work closely with the Missouri Chamber of Commerce. And they were both instrumental in getting this bill passed. And one of the things that this bill will do, several things, but one of this thing, one of the main things I think that this bill will do is to prevent the kind of draconian shutdowns that we saw in St. Louis County, which made literally no difference whatsoever in the COVID transmission rate. Zero. Restaurants were closed. Thousands of people were put out of work. Tax dollars were sacrificed. The people who work in restaurants are the ones who needed those jobs the most, and they were forced to go on unemployment benefits, many of whom are still on unemployment benefits when we have 9.2 million jobs open in this country and people who are able to work are still getting unemployment benefits. How does that make any sense? It simply doesn't. And so this bill that Governor Parsons signed will prevent counties or cities from unilaterally closing businesses for more than 30 days. After that, they've got to have authorization either from the state 
or from something like the county council here in St. Louis County. I applaud that. I'm 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 thrilled that Governor Parson uh, signed that bill into law, and I'm looking forward to that giving us added economic protection. If God forbid this kind of pandemic ever happens again. Brad Young at your service tonight. We're going to take a break. When we come back from this break, phone lines are open. I'd like to hear from you. 314-436-7900 on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. And uh, today in the news, I got to tell you, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton made an appearance at the White House today, and uh, his his appearance was ostensibly, I think, to talk political strategy with President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. So he, he got into this group to talk about uh, to protect the right to vote because uh, he's, he's completely against the, the Supreme Court decision last week on the voting rights issue in Arizona. He is uh, completely against the idea that everyone should be able to show or should be able to have to show an ID of some type to vote and how minimally invasive that is on the right to vote. And yet Al Sharpton showed up at the White House today to argue and lobby in support of voter ID shutting down and uh, uh, defeating voter ID laws and challenging this Georgia law, which is very common sense. It doesn't restrict voting in any way. And yet the Democrats in general and Al Sharpton in particular showed up today to lobby against common sense voting protections. It just it just baffles my mind. But whenever I see that Al Sharpton shows up at the White House, uh, I, I don't know how much how much credit or how much uh, uh, credibility we should give to Al Sharpton, because this is what Al Sharpton said on one of his own shows just like two years ago over on that, uh, uh, on that great example of, uh, of non-biased news called MSNBC. Here's Al Sharpton. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. What? What, what did he say here? Hey, Matt Pajeski, uh, now board operator extraordinaire. Play that again. What did he say? So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. <laughs> Come on, Al. You can't spell respect. Come on, man. You know how to spell respect. Come on. And this is the guy. This is the guy that right now is supposedly schooling President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris on how we should be voting in America. Now we we do not we do not need uh, any any further assistance from Al Sharpton on anything, especially not a spelling bee. You know, I mean, maybe he should be the judge of the next national spelling bee. I'm sure those kids can spell you know enormous words like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. But Al Sharpton can't spell respect. So anyway, we'll see what lies ahead for Al Sharpton. I'll tell you what lies ahead, though, for tomorrow is tomorrow we're going to be hearing a new debut episode of Kevin Colleen's whole 
another story. But listen, I've, I've got some pull around here. And I talked to Kevin just this evening, and I said, hey, Kevin, I want to play this early because uh, I want to be able to debut to debut a whole nother story. And after I handed him 20 bucks, he said, fine. So it only, that's how much pull I had. I had to bribe him, bribe him to play something that's going to air tomorrow for free. But that's, folks, just how much I appreciate the Camo X evening listing audience. So apparently Mr. Colleen has some problems with squirrels and tomatoes, as we shall now hear. We always get one tomato plant in a pot, and every year those squirrels eat them before we can get any good ones. Sometimes they'll take one bite out of three or four in a row. This raises an ethical question for the suburban man. Is it time to get out the pellet gun and cull the squirrel population? This was an easy question to answer when the squirrels were getting into the attic. They could chew the wires and burn down the house while we're sleeping. But we cut down those trees by the roof, so now it is just a question of, is eating tomatoes a capital offense? The court has already issued a verdict in a similar case, Colleen versus Rabbits. In that case, the rabbits were seen nibbling on the hostas that were planted for Mother's Day. Down to the stem, they also ate my wife's four new rose bushes, chewing off all the green leaves on a daily basis so that no roses would bloom. In that case, it was decided that rabbits eating hostas and rose bushes is not a capital offense because rabbits also eat the weeds and grass and they don't know the difference. And the homeowner has failed to buy chicken wire to protect his vegetation. In the case of Colleen versus squirrels, there is an aggravating circumstance. The squirrels have also been seen eating bird seed from the bird feeder and climbing onto the suet cages to eat that fatty product as well. They ramble into the yard like a gang of outlaws, scaring off the birds, the birds that the homeowners have paid good money for bird seed so they can enjoy the sight of while they look out the window. The homeowner has thrown a cup of hot coffee at one squirrel and thrown an empty plastic water pitcher at another as it tried to run up a tree. After much deliberation, the court has now reached a decision. If the homeowners put up chicken wire around the tomatoes, he can probably keep the squirrels away. If not, he can still get tomatoes at Schnooks. Also, the court rules that if society collapses, the homeowner will have a good supply of rabbit and squirrel meat to eat, and they will probably be chubby and fry up great in a pan. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Another story you would think that only could be told by Kevin Colleen, but I'm going to bring up Mike Anderson here because you had an eerily similar experience to this. You know what, Brad? You know what makes you good at radio? What's that? You stir the pot. (laughs) You're trying to get me in trouble live on air. Now, how would I get you in trouble? I mean, everybody loves Mike Anderson. Everybody loves Kevin Colleen. But you talked to me while that interview was going about filing some sort of a copyright infringement action <laughs> against Kevin Colleen because he apparently stole your idea. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, we are we are in one of those situations where I try to find the fine line between irony and conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So tell us what happened with your it was with your parents, right? Well, on Saturday, uh, I was talking to my mom, and honestly, I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad, but one of them was telling me how all these bunnies were eating all their whole their whole garden, their hostas, their tomato plants, all the like. Uh, so with Michael Calhoun as my witness, <laughs> at 5 p.m. on Monday, I walked into the KMOX newsroom where I'm always happy to see Kevin Colleen. Of course. Until and, now, apparently. But go ahead. And if you listen to Kevin's whole other stories, you know that about 75% of them involve him at war with a pest or a rodent. You know, he has some issues with, with regard to rodents. Right. Whether it be, you know buying a salt gun to shoot the flies in his house yep. or catching mice or whatever it is. So and, and the Brian Kelly squirrels, I mean no, no raccoons. Yes. Brian Kelly's raccoons, he zeroed in on those. So I knew that this was an idea that was right up his alley. So I I presented the concept to Kevin. Mm-hmm. And uh a little ironic that that was the subject mm. this morning. So if I'm hearing this correctly, your parents had a problem with rabbits and tomatoes and hostas. No, it was rabbits and hostas. And then all of a sudden, right after, within a short period of time of you relaying this personal and heartfelt story <laughs> about your parents and their issues with rabbits and and uh, and hostas, all of a sudden there's a whole other story that deals with rabbits and hostas. My, I think my favorite part about the 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 interaction of me g- providing this pitch to Kevin was mm-hmm. you know a lot of times when you have these problems they'll tell you to put like tabasco on the plant sure. or come up with other solutions but in typical Kevin clean fashion he he quietly and slowly leaned back in his chair and picked <laughs> up his hands as if he was holding a little gun yeah sure and cocked it <laughs> as if to give me the sign that that's what we need to do. That's to how we care take of care of this problem. Then he he asked me how many bunnies are there, mm-hmm. as if I had an answer to that, <laughs> and as if they were eventually going to go away. Sure, sure. And then you know, there's the other story about the bear that was loose in Webster Groves there a few weeks ago. The bear that was loose, and and he even had that that bear came within a block of his house. So I I think you've really zeroed in, Mike Anderson on some quirk of Kevin Colleen's personality that makes him eerily fascinated with uh, with animals that cause destruction to property. And I'm sure they are equally as fascinated with Kevin Colleen. Well, aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? And that, folks, is, is the whole original story. <laughs> the whole original story. The first story. story. The first story, the origin <laughs> story from our very own Mike Anderson. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. We wanted to get that clarified. So, again, if if there's any sort of a copyright infringement action, we can certainly talk about that later after you pay me an exorbitant retainer. Hey, when we come back from this break, a couple of other news stories I want to get through before the end of the show. So don't go away. Brad Young in with you until 11 o'clock here on At Your Service on X. Hey, if you've got your calendar handy, or maybe your phone is is out, you need to put something in your calendar. For next Tuesday, July 13, you need to put in at 8 o'clock, Camo X at your service. Now, why am I telling you to do that? Because I'm going to have on, in studio, the one and only Dr. Michael Lynch. 
And I'm mentioning this to you because I've known Dr. Michael Lynch for, for several years now. You've heard him on Dave Glover for years. You've heard him on Camel X. But since this UFO report came out with the Pentagon last week, I wanted to invite in, and he's agreed to do it, in studio next Tuesday night. And it's going to be an hour. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to forget it. This is a guy who has never met a conspiracy theory that he doesn't believe. Never. Particularly when it comes to UFOs. And he'll explain to you how the the Pleiadians have ships orbiting our sun right now. He's going to tell you how aliens visited the Earth millions of years ago and and seeded the Earth with you know whatever that created humans. I mean, he if it's a weirdo conspiracy theory, Dr. Lynch is in favor of it. And what's amazing about him is that he will he has things to back it up. Now you can question it, and I, in fact, I often question just about all of the so-called facts that he cites. But we always have a lively discussion and debate. And so I wanted to bring him in because uh, uh, this UFO report came out for the Pentagon, and uh, he is going to have a unique perspective. So that'll be next Tuesday night here at your service, 8 p.m. here on Camel X. Speaking of aliens, uh, uh, Gallup did a poll that just came out today. And on this Gallup poll that came out today, 65% of respondents, and this was a big poll. It surveyed 10,000 people. Now, most national surveys only usually poll about between two and 4,000 to get a representative sample. But this poll was 10,000, so it's an enormous sample. And it found that 65% of Americans believe there's alien life on other planets. Uh, 65%. I thought that was a very, very large number. Uh, and uh, but 87% said that UFOs are not a security threat to the U.S. at all. So I'm not sure how you you uh, put those two together. And I'm guessing that those two statistics, that 65% of Americans say, yep, there is intelligent alien life on other planets, but 87% say UFOs are not a security threat. So... The way I think you put those two polls together is that you believe that, and this is the one of the things I pointed out to, to Michael Lynch on numerous occasions, that if you can't go faster than the speed of light, how'd they get here? How'd they get here? So if the nearest star is is a, a habitable star is going to be light years away, they, they couldn't have gotten here fast enough. There's just no way. There's too much distance. So well, that's one of the things I'll bring up with him next week. But uh, only 12% of Americans had heard or read a lot about this UFO report. Now, I've been tracking this UFO report since it was announced it was going to have to be released because it was a little provision that was tucked into a COVID relief bill back this past December, and it required the Pentagon to release this report. So I didn't think this report was going to have any groundbreaking news in it. And guess what? It didn't. There was nothing in there we didn't know before. And all it did was raise a lot more questions and raise more possibilities without ever coming to any concrete analysis. Uh, uh, So in that respect, uh, that's why I wanted to have Dr. Lynch on, because he's going to twist some enormous tail out of this. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. In any event, in the event, I think that if we ever if we ever find any evidence of alien life, 
you know, it's not going to be some grainy video taken from above the ocean. It's not going to be some long, skinny dude stepping out of a, of a flying saucer saying, take me to your leader. It's not going to be that. It's going to be some microbe that we find on some frozen ocean on Neptune or something. I mean, that's what's in all likelihood. If we ever, if we ever find life on other planets, that's what it's going to be. Now, I question whether there is anything out there besides us. That's a question that I have as a serious position that I have. But in any event... There's not going to be any Pleiades circling the sun in spacecraft. Uh, that's that's just absurd. But we'll hear a lot of that from Dr. Lynch, I'm sure, next week. Speaking of, uh, of promotions, at 11 o'clock, we're going to be doing St. Louis Rewind, which is uh, the St. Louis Talks. We'll hear from them for the next hour. And uh, tomorrow afternoon, listen, if you got your radio on, you want, if you want to tune in to the Annie Fry Show from noon to 3 tomorrow, I'll be on there with Ryan Wiggins on 97.1 FM on our sister station. Brad Young in with you tonight on At Your Service. Thanks for sticking around. And speaking of sticking around, make sure you listen to St. Louis Talks coming up right after this on Camo X. Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring. Maybe a diamond ring.